This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Kyle Sinclair, the CEO of Pam Health. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm just going to keep introducing you until I get it right. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to talk with Noelle Richmond, the Market Director of Strategy and Integration with Pam Health. Noelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show. Always glad to be here. And I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring low-cost virtual admin specialists and social media experts from outside the United States, which is how I grew my company from one employee to 27 in just one year. Quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on this show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. So, Pam Health, I'm excited to learn about what you guys are up to. Um, but when it comes to um, choosing an employer these days, do you guys, would you agree that people have more choice now or more leverage in choosing their employers? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say the number one benefit outside of, of making a choice of employers is obviously the benefit package they offer. I mean, myself, when I looking at employment and even when I came to this company was, yes, what am I going to be paid and what's my responsibility? But it's also, what is your benefit package? It's exactly right. right. I have a family and, and it's the costs are crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very important right now for employers and employees. Yeah, Noel? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and then really understanding what is the benefit offer. And um, does it provide the the benefit that I need? Some you know some folks come with um, backgrounds of healthcare that that they understand what it what it looks like, and then some people don't understand healthcare. And really, understanding is key to knowing what you need for your coverage. Yeah, I think that when I went through the police department at age twenty four, I didn't care about any of that stuff, right? Because I'm twenty four and I'm indestructible, right? There's yeah. what's healthcare? I don't need any of that. I yeah. want to save the money on it. But it really is a factor. Yeah. Um, Heather, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, we've seen in just the last few years, everything go crazy. The pandemic made everything turn upside down and on its head. And I feel like before the pandemic, it was, oh, we're just going to offer nap pods or have draft beer at locations. And now more people are looking to, to work remote. And so those benefits, I think, almost become more important because as the workforce becomes more remote, they need to focus on the things they are getting from an employer, and those things are a salary and health care. We just don't have the universal health care system that some countries have, and we need to focus on that benefit package to be able to know that our families are going to be taken care of. Yep. Yeah, and you, you know the number one benefit right now that's coming up is mental health. Mm. And it's one that we've never seen as a country, but that's a, a package and a deal that's now actually being offered by employers and insurance companies is that mental health ability. It's, it's trying to get away from that taboo side, but uh, we're seeing it due to the pandemic and what we saw people not being able to access to health care. But mental health is a, a significant one right now. Yeah, you know, outside of like company culture, which we talked about on the last show mm-hmm. and how important that is to, you know, not only getting employees, but also retention. But there's a statistic that 67% of employees and 
percent of employers believe that employee employer covered health care is the most important benefit. This is your guys's world that you guys operate. You talked about uh, like comp uh, workers comp mm-hmm. earlier with the police department. Um, but there's some, I guess, some factors um, about whether or not people are going to value that. Uh, so like the age of the employee um, is a huge factor, I think, in that. Because I just, I mean, for me, I was young. I didn't care. But now I'm 54 and I do care. Yeah. I mean, so you think about when a, running a business, right? The number one cost is obviously your labor. That's the biggest cost anybody's going to have, right? Because you're skilled in particular in healthcare. Everybody has degrees between RNs and LVNs and therapists and physicians and you know, myself and, and Noel. So the number right below that is typically the supplies. And then right below that is typically your insurance costs, the benefits that you pay your employees and the cost that it's incurred by the actual employer. So it's a huge part of, of a business of, of how do you continue to provide that service to your employees. And the cost is real. It's real for companies as well. Um, trying to cut costs. And we also are feeling the pain of a bad economy and, and tough times. So any benefit outside of just okay, you have health care, but any other benefits outside of that you see as uh, as if a company is offering really good benefits that stands out? Yeah, I mean, you, you have everything from pet insurance to obviously your medical dental vision, you see long term, long term, short term disability, cancer insurance, you mm-hmm. see these uh, uh, saving plans such as like you know, cell phone saving plans, you have other travel packages, so there's all sorts of array of benefits um, that include you have uh, we use a company called UKG that helps with mental health right you offer that as a benefit which offers you know free counseling you got free lawyer advice so you start seeing that package starting to develop significantly to be able to recruit and retain employees that's what it's about well I've heard that too people will say well I'm not going to change jobs because I've got great benefits Mm -hmm. and I need those benefits yeah. Well, and in our space, too, we talk to a lot of newer business owners, people that are kind of coming up in that space where they're avoiding it as long as possible, you know, having to pay for employee benefits. But they're getting to the point in their their business cycle where it's I have to do it to keep my employees. So you guys are the execution portion of that. If somebody gets sick, workers comp, they're coming to you. What would you advise business owners that they not skimp out on or certain things they need to consider as they go into giving employee benefits. Yeah, great question. So, yeah, so I would say the the benefit of really understanding your insurance plan is truly understanding what what are your benefits, how to um, make sure that you are able to achieve the, what you need as far as your health care um, goes. And then really, you know, the number one thing that when you're an employer and you have an employee that's sick, what do you want to do? You want to get them back to work, Right. Um, so you want to make sure that the benefit that you offer is th- covering the, the need of the employees that you employ so you can get them back to work and, and back to a functionality that is beneficial for you as the employer and then um, the employee is back to, to working. And the only thing I'll add to Noel, I 100% agree with what she said. The only thing I'll add is having a, a option for your employees, right? And even my company, I have an option. Based off of my family needs, mm. if I have young kids – the likelihood of me using my insurance is probably more. Kids get sick. They get injured. It's just part of life, right? When I'm a young, healthy, 20, 30, 40-year-old adult by myself, yeah, that's different. I'm not going to get the royalty package that has a low copay and a deductible. So there's a lot of different things that go with it. The one thing I will add is it's very complicated and it's very confusing. And to a lay member of society who's not involved in it, 
typically every company should have an HR or somebody that's in that world that can help advise to make the best decision. That's what you want to do. You don't want to overspend and get a benefit you're not going to use, and you don't want to mm-hmm. underspend and be cut to not get the help and, and that you need. So it really depends on your current situation, what you're living in, and your own personal needs. But that includes the employer as well as the employee. Two different factors. It's good to have options. Yeah. Yeah, really options are key. Options. I feel like there's a lot of information out there, but if you can't read the information, it's basically useless. Agreed. Agreed. So when it comes to PAM Health, just tell me what is PAM Health? Let's start there. So we are um, mainly a, a post-acute provider um, that – Uh, What that means is you've spent some time in an acute care hospital and you have a prolonged illness, something that you need uh, recovery on. And so we offer uh, a multitude of services. So we have an inpatient hospital, which is a long-term acute care hospital. And then we have an inpatient rehab unit. So we focus on um, all kinds (coughs) of debilitations that uh, maybe you had a stroke or you were in a car accident and you know now you need to get back to your activities of daily living and and what does that look like for you so our rehab focuses on that and then we also have outpatient services so folks that have Parkinson's that um, have an exacerbation and they need to come in for some type of rehab but not necessarily be inpatient we have an outpatient um, service that that covers you know a multitude of things even pediatrics, and then we have home health and hospice. So really the, the continuum of care for uh, uh, folks is, is something that PAM Health really um, has to offer. And it's important because when you start out in a hospital, continuity of care is key for, for not only yourself but your provider. And so understanding, you know, I can go to one place and get everything that I need medically is, is really something that's important. Talk about choosing that when people are coming out of the hospital, they're going to be coming out of the hospital and they still need that inpatient care, right? The choice, do we have a choice? What happens then? How does that work? Yeah, so you have a choice. Um, Really, your your choice is based on your medical need and that's something that your provider will um, talk to you and your family about. Um, And then uh, a lot of times there is someone called a case manager that's managing your case. But really, a lot of times insurance dictates that. And so because there's an in-network status, an out-of-network status, and so that's why it's very, very important, especially for folks over the age of 65 that um, tend to have, you know, setbacks or, or things happen to them. Um, traditional Medicare is, is really the, the best route to go. Um, while it may not be what you can afford, in the long run, it gives you the opportunity to get back to your place of functionality that you were at originally. And so, you know, understanding what a traditional plan has versus a managed plan and a supplemental plan is very, very important also. Well, and, and to add what to Noah said, I mean, so PAM Health was started in 2006 through merger and acquisition has grown to one of the largest providers of LTAC, uh, which is long-term acute care hospital and rehabs in the nation. So 64 hospitals across the United States, 27 in the state of Texas, and then five in the city of San Antonio, which is our largest market. Um, we've, we have the, the biggest market share when it comes to inpatient rehab, which is providing that service, as Noel is talking, of patients that need um, to be able to get back to home. That's our goal. Or in this case, some cases could be work. So You guys are ranked by Newsweek. On we are, Tell yeah. Me about that. Last three years, we've been ranked number one um, in the city of San Antonio as the provider of inpatient. This is physician-driven and, and led, so 
Um, we're what's called a referral-based hospital system, so we don't have an ER and OR that feeds us. So we, we have to pride ourselves on quality care, good customer service, and, and patients and physicians want to practice there. Well, and I think when people think hospitals, they think your your basic ER because healthcare in America is unfortunately yeah. very reactive. It's not super preventative. So when you guys formed in two thousand six, you said through mergers and acquisitions, was that the plan to go into just this area because you saw a need, or did it just happen through the acquisition that that's where you guys fell into? Yeah, and I'll specify first off. So I am a CEO, but I'm not the CEO, right? So <laughs> we are a privately owned company by uh, Tony Mistani, which has done a phenomenal job of building this this great company, um, and which is unique in healthcare. Most of them are owned by private equity firms or are publicly traded. This one is owned by a single owner, so he's not beholden to stock ins and dividends and no. So it's interesting to see um, this type of company aggressively grow through merger and acquisition. I mean, just the most recent one we acquired uh, through Tony's uh, leadership, 11 hospitals across the nation in 14 states, um, and we're able to grow through that route. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see the, the growth that we've been able to do um, for this organization. But part of it is that is there's a need in the community and, and constantly looking for, um, obviously, the need of the community, but it's also business. We forget healthcare is a business. Oh, no, so, we don't forget. So yeah. it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate. But, I, you know, I always say that when you do healthcare right, you take care of the patient at the right time at the right setting, the money always takes care of itself. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is doing it for the right reasons. So what age groups are you guys seeing? So we see um, primarily uh, age 65 and older. Um, but we also take care of, of um, patients from 15 um, inpatient all the way up to 99, 100. We've had um, some 104-year-old yeah. Yeah, year patients. So really just whatever the need is of the, the patient and, and the insurance approving the patient, um, we try to work with them to get them in because we do have fantastic services. So I know a guy, he does, uh, he's like a handyman service, but he services the uh, elderly community mm -hmm. in some respect because they, they like set homes up for fall prevention, that kind of stuff. Is this something you guys do? Because you're coming in contact with these people. Do you help refer out business to th those needs out to other companies in the local area that are looking for that? Yeah, I mean, you could. Obviously, so our, our goal is to get 80% of our patients that come into our facilities home, at least on the rehab side. And LTAC is, you know, their their progression typically to us. So, um, yeah, I mean, that could be a goal is to get the, the patient's home safe, right? And so a handyman coming in and adding stairs or a walkway or making oh, ADA yeah. accessible. Absolutely. And those are things through um, our own internal case managers. When patients come in, we're working to figure out you know, the setting is home, but they might have this need. How do we accomplish? And and we have roughly about 12 days to figure out their home setting to get them there safely so that they don't, you know, they have they have a great success story with that. So That's what I, what I was asking because I know you guys are going to come across this. How do you deal with it? Same thing. Resources. There are companies that do the same thing, whether it's handyman or companies. That's all they do is set up their home safely for ADA purposes. If the patient declines and needs a wheelchair, but then now they need a ramp, then we'll help set it up. Uh, closely with them so excellent yeah and this is a company that's owned by a person not shareholders how does yeah. the the fact that you guys are not publicly traded you're not beholden to the shareholders affect how you guys do business and how you're able to operate in the healthcare space 
Well, I mean, I think for our standpoint, it's again, doing the right thing at the right time, right? And, and I think for any standpoint from Medicare or even the government looks at, you wanna get the patient at the least cost of the best setting to get the quality care they need, mm-hmm. right? And most of us think the short-term acute care hospital, or the ER as you referenced, um, is the most expensive setting mm-hmm. out of anything. And we use the ER like a clinic and it shouldn't be. And there are times that ER is appropriate, but there's time clinics are appropriate, there's times that LTACs and rehabs are appropriate. So it's finding that healthcare will, right? And how to get them back to the best place is their home, as the best setting. But people need help to do that. And so they, they fit into what we do. We know roughly about 5% of the population in a short-term acute care hospital would qualify for inpatient rehab. 5%, that's it. So not everybody, the majority of the patients are not going to come in inpatient rehab. I think LTAC's what, 4%, I believe? It's actually 2%. 2%. Yeah. So so you see that, that goes on with that. Gotcha. So when it comes to, uh, I think that having like a healthcare coach, if you will, I mean, choosing the right plan is getting more and more complicated these yep. days. So how do you guys overcome that? Uh, what What do you recommend people do in order to understand what they're getting into? Well, and I would answer that there are people that do that. There are companies that do that as well. Um, and they, they are coaches for that very reason. So we, we have it. We know they're out there. That's not what we do. Our expertise is what we do, which is inpatient rehab, long-term acute care hospital. We're now getting into behavioral health and we have home health and hospital. So we have quite a few, but that's not what we do. We're not coaches. Now, when patients and families get in, our case managers are experts at Medicaid or at switching insurance or the needs and resources. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll help cover that. But there are companies that are set up to help coach and teach families. And that's not just insurance, but it's actually helping patients progress through that healthcare spectrum as well. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, because I think that came up during our Zoom call was how important is that that you get ahead of the curve on that? Because choose correctly now versus Mm -hmm. later so that we can move right in. Like you mentioned, Medicare. Medicare is a great choice for what you guys are trying to offer. So how do we, I mean, not how do we know, but how do we get to the answers that we need to know? So unfortunately, a lot of times it's trial and error. Um, you know, you, you see on TV, um, you're influenced, right? You're, you're 65, you're sitting there, you're like, wow, this could really save me on my Social Security. You know, um, I only can live off this amount of money, and a managed plan is going to be able to pick me up and take me to my appointments <coughs> and, you know, provide um, a quote-unquote free uh, prescriptions for me or, or a gym membership or whatever the, the gimmick is that the the show is offering, but at the end of the day, you need to understand and talk to your provider about, you know, my medical condition, what am I going to possibly need long-term, and then, you know, what what would be the best for me, um, and, and the physicians that you're seeing should be able to help you, and then really, you know, understanding kind of the, the coverage when you are offered a plan, what does that truly mean, and, you know, a lot of times with insurances, there there's a, a physician that works for the insurance. And so you have your doctor that takes care of you, and then the insurance has a physician that takes care of the insurance. And so they typically don't agree on the, the need that you have. And and so a lot of times your, your provider is going to be the one person that's going to fight for you to get what you need. And you don't want your insurance dictating that what you need as uh, for your medical service you want your provider that sees you that understands your your need and um, you want them to be able to simply write an order and be able to move on and get what you need so um, with medicare you don't have that on the other end of the phone saying yes or no 
And, and what I add to that, right, if we're talking to your population, which is a business, right, they're not going to be dealing with Medicare because it's typically mm -hmm. 65 and older. You mm -hmm. have to be retired X amount. I mean, when you're talking regular insurance, I myself am a working individual, right? I use Blue Cross, which is my employer's health plan. That's a little bit different story. But so, again, when you talk to that retired 65-year-old who has given up Medicare, then a lot of stuff that Noel just talked about very much applies. Um, and, and the biggest thing to realize that the insurance are in a business game, too. So mm -hmm. when you give up your Medicare business to a an Aetna or a Humana that's managing it for you, you're giving up something. That's why I have to remind anybody who's geriatric. When you give up the Medicare benefit you've paid in since you've been a working professional your entire life to the time of retirement, you give up something to so they can gain something, which means they are now under control. They tell you what you can do, what you can't do. They tell your physicians what the, they can do and can't do. So, but again, the working class and the businesses, which is I think the population more of this podcast is a little bit different story um, in regards to that. So let's talk about uh, Pam's uh, impact on the community. So where do you see, like, obviously we all want to do well for our community uh, and taking care of the elderly is super important. Yeah. There's so much wisdom there from it's really not appreciated as much as it should be. But where do you see your impact in the community? So I think um, really our, our biggest impact that it was it was shown uh, evidently when uh, the pandemic was here and COVID was um, there there was a, a need for to place patients somewhere other than a, an acute care hospital. And uh, we uh, stepped up at Pam Health uh, LTAC and and took the, the first COVID uh, patient that moved from the hospital to um, a post acute uh, level of care. They, they came to our hospital and and then from there on. We really showed that, you know, there is a need in the community when the hospitals are at capacity and where can those patients go. And so it, it was, you know, Pam Health stepped up and, and we were there for the, the hospitals, the providers and and then the community specifically. And then I think coming into the um, the um, mental health space and, and really seeing, you know, we are a, a large community of veterans and and really understanding you know where can we help that as well and opening up a mental health hospital i, I do think that that's going to be a, a really great give back to the community also yeah and, and i'd say on the rehab side we're the number one vendor that uh takes medicare or excuse me uh, military beneficiaries and active duty military veterans mm -hmm. we're actually the only healthcare system out of brook army that takes it so there's a lot of different things we partner with University Health System. We work closely with UT Health. We work closely with all the short terms. I think of us as, as Switzerland, right? And and because we're referral based, we get business from all the hospitals to take care of. We have the biggest market share in regards to rehab. We've been voted number one. And our goal is to get patients home. That's what we want to do. We want you to come because you deserve that benefit and we want to get you home. And then we have the group of workers comp. So there's a lot of benefits that we do. Most patients, when they go get something done, don't realize they have this benefit available to them. And they're not oftentimes told this. And so it's our job to educate the community, which we have a massive team to do that. And that physicians are included to educate them as well. Well, and you guys have grown a lot in the last, what, not quite 20 years, 17 yeah, years. Yeah. So already you've come so far. Where do you guys see the growth and change coming in the future? I think Noel hit it first off. I think mental health is a big one. With uh, Texas Vista closing just this year, you had mm -hmm. Nick's closing two years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, there's a huge need in the community. I would just just met with uh, Mission Trail CEO 
on Friday, and, and it's the same thing. They they saw an increase with those two hospitals closing with behavioral health. It's a it's a problem. So I think our at suggestion and, and avenue is to create that as a business line and a service that this community, particularly the Bear County, uh, needs. But it's also just increasing our, our presence in the community and making sure that patients are aware that these these services are offered. So. Speaking of community, what kind of partnerships are you guys creating out there in the community? Yeah. So we um, we work as uh, Kyle mentioned with um, University Hospital, and you know that's the the county hospital. And so we um, are are really wanting to work with the community and make sure we're serving um, not only the the folks that are um, understanding their need a, as a healthcare, but also the ones that don't. And then um, how how we can help make sure that the patients are getting back home. That's really our our main goal. And then um, back into the community. And, and then with the work comp back to work. Now, I like this idea of customer service. So, so I'm for profit. I love I'm for for profit, <laughs> right? Companies yeah. because they do have to focus on the consumer, right? The customer. So, when you guys have good customer service, you're focusing on that. Give me examples of how you're focusing on that customer service aspect. Yeah, I mean, and I would say back to your for profit. If you don't make profit, you're not going to exist. This as a business. You'll just leech off the government or wherever the money's coming. Because it's just, coming from somewhere. Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. So that there is a benefit of having a healthy um, healthcare entity because they are stable for the community. Right. If my hospital was to close down, the Northeast Corridor would not have access to inpatient rehab. Plain and simple. So if I'm not a solvent business, then it's it's non-existent. I, my employees, which are hundreds of them and hundreds of patients that I serve every single month, gone. Right. So there's, there's a benefit to understanding um, how to be uh, uh, profitable on that. But, you know, I think for me, it's customer service is huge. I just, just this morning, right before this podcast, I had a patient that had, an, and a family had an issue, and I go, I try to go resolve it. For me, when you walk into an issue, it's, we're not perfect. No healthcare is, no businesses, we're human. And what we do is we train, we educate, we create policies to reduce that. But when it does happen, it's how fast can you intervene and how fast can you fix your problem? And that's the biggest thing for me is what we what we do. And then from then, it's how do you earn their trust and respect back, right? Because they still got to spend time with us um, in whatever length of stay they are. But that's the biggest thing for me. And they, the patient's experience is is their reality. It might not be the reality, but it's their reality. It's how they view. And there's so many touch points, right, that can be that we could sit and talk about. But it's a lot of focus, a lot of work. We survey them. We constantly look at our data. We constantly try to improve. Um, I just went through an entire retraining of every department in my hospital, specifically me, one-on-one, and that was the main focus. We call it We Care, but that's what it is. It's the customer service side of healthcare. So I don't know if Noah, you want anything to that? I would say communication is really what everybody's after. Um, they just want to be heard. Um, they want to be spoken to with respect and communicated with what's happening next. Um, you know, no one wants to be laying in a bed and and – they've been independent and now they have zero independence at all and they're relying on someone to tell them what's going to happen next and so I think communication is really key to, to everything um, starts out the the provider the nurse at the bedside the therapist um, and then making sure that you you don't only address the family you address the patient but definitely communication is is really the the way to go with with customer service just to make sure that everything's covered well I think for that if I, if I can add more is um 
when, when patients get in the hospital, they have no more choice. They don't get to choose when they woke up. They don't get to choose the food. They don't get to choose when they get their meds taken. They don't get to choose when the physician comes in. They don't get to choose the nurse. They don't get to choose when they go to bed or Why when not? they wake up. Can mm-hmm. we have like a choice of nurses? I'll take that one. It's <laughs> the, these, you see the reality? So they literally have no more choice. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and for you know our population, that's, that's tough for a very seasoned individual to completely lose their autonomy and flexibility and freedom for uh, two weeks. And most of them, by the time they reach our level have been in the hospital for usually weeks, sometimes months. And, and so it's, it's, it's a difficult road to um, realize that they're on and you have to be reminded often, even the healthcare workers. Well, I think what we're, uh, it's, it's a sliding scale of dehumanizing versus humanizing. Right? Yeah. We want to make sure that we stay in the positive side of humanizing. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you brought up choice because that's the thing. A lot of patients come to you and they didn't explicitly choose to come to PAM Healthcare, right? They get referred in from hospitals or their doctors. And you guys are focused on patient customer service, but they're not the ones coming to you because they choose, right? So how so, do you get a read on that? Well, actually, so the answer is to that is absolutely not. So under our regulation oh. for Medicare, they have to yep. choose us. Oh, they have to yes. choose you. Okay. So, so for any any hospital system, and I don't care if you're a PAM Health or a, Blue, or a Baptist or a Methodist, choice is at the center of everything we do so i can literally fire my physician i don't choose you anymore they have to find me another one i don't want to go there they have to find me so the patient is still in the driver's seat that's good now here's the reality the reality is is that nine times out of ten the patient's going to follow the physician's recommendation Mm -hmm. right the physician says my partner goes there or i go there guess where they're going to go i like my physician i'm gonna follow him so that's the reality of really what happens but in regards to legality, in regards to Medicare. <laughs> yeah, so I just sure. want to clarify that. We always offer patient choice, and that's the same thing when we're patients are leaving our facility. is 100% choice on what we do. We try to give them the best information so they're informed to make that choice. Some come with ideas, and I want this, but the majority don't. Except what? your insurance does not have to offer choice. Mm. They have in-network hospitals, and they have out-of-network. And unfortunately, if they do not offer an out-of-network benefit, the cost for you specifically will be large. So what she just said, going back to the employers and offering choice of insurance is huge, right? So if you, I'm going to give you an example, and I'm going to say it out, out loud on the podcast. If you have Humana and you're as an employer, you're saying, I'm going to bring Humana for my employees, they're going to lose a lot of choice on mm. post-acute services. Remember, when the Humana is saying, I'm taking this on, they're also a for-profit and they want to mitigate and or watch cost which also means taking back some of the benefits that should be offered well isn't that what younger employees are going to experience more often is more of an acute versus a chronic situation anyway yeah so i I would say it's very appropriate we were talking about 65 plus but you know like cops for example i mean they're going to experience acute issues right they get on the job or whatever injuries or any job really so I would say that that's definitely something imp- all employers should be Agreed. paying very close attention to. I agree. I mean, we had, we had the, I was just talking before the podcast, we had six officers in the last two weeks here in Bear County that were shot, and one of them went to short-term acute, and just they discharged him home. I went to the mm. president of the police association, said, absolutely not. There's a benefit there I'm missing, which is inpatient rehab. And you know what the police president said to me? I got shot myself, they sent me home, and I still have peripheral neuropathy. Not saying we can solve it, but their likelihood of us being able to offer the benefit they are owed, being injured on the, the line of, of duty, is a benefit that they need to be given. That the extra shot to get, or not shot, extra 
chance to get back to work on the, f- the front lines. Yeah, it comes down to getting them back in the position as fast as possible, Absolutely. and it's going to happen a lot more likely if they're in yep. rehab versus sitting yep. on their couch just hoping things will get better soon. Exactly. All right, well, I, we appreciate the work you guys are doing out there, really kind of keeping the human side of of care is so important uh, yeah. my wife recently went through a deal where she had to go to the er and they treated her really really well enjoyed the experience there but it is good because you are very vulnerable yeah. that's probably the most vulnerable you'll be you know in your life is when you end, end up going to the hospital lack of choice the gown you gotta wear whatever the deal is um so it's very vulnerable so keeping the humanizing part of that is super important if folks want to get in touch with you how do they do that or learn more about your pam health so we have um, a PAM Health website, mm-hmm. so um, it'll it'll guide you on kind of the, the services that we offer, and then we have a, a local Facebook page, uh, PAM Health Facebook, and then um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter as well. Yeah, and the only thing I'd is if you're in need of those types of services, if you're in, in a short-term acute, because that's where most of our business comes from, and needing inpatient rehab, or, or heaven forbid you go to what you need long-term acute, which is our other side of business, the two big ones, uh, ask for us. Again, patient choice. You have the ability, and it doesn't matter if you're geriatric or if you're an, currently an employee and, and have to use the healthcare system. You have a choice, and you can specifically say, you know what, I heard the podcast, and I love what Pam Health, and I want to go to Pam Health now. So they can tell when they get to the hospital, when they get to the hospital. Artists wrap up the show for tonight and check out our latest podcast. Check the video 